0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: A new fiscal year's first full week, eight weeks left or so in the continuing resolution, no real breakthrough in a new pandemic stimulus, a Supreme Court nominee, and now a president that's tested positive for how this all might sort out, Bloomberg Government Editorial Director, Lauren Duggan. And Lauren, this might be, just when you think things can't get more unprecedented, they do. So what's the outlook in Congress?
0: Well, this was potentially going to be the start of the October recess that's often taken by House and Senate members in an election year to allow them to go home and campaign. But just like everything else this year, it's been disrupted a little bit by the business that they still have left to do, some of it known and some of it obviously unknown and added to their plate over the last couple of weeks in terms of the Supreme Court. So um, what we know is that the Senate is back today Um, continuing work on judicial nominations for district courts, not yet that important Supreme Court nomination on the floor. Um, And the House starts in a little bit of a holding pattern this week, waiting for more news on a deal and when they might vote on it on the House floor um, after the talks between Speaker Nancy Pelosi on the part of Congress and um, Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin on the part of the administration, which had gone on, of course, for most of last week.
1: Yes, because the House did come down a little bit from its original offering bid, if you will, of $3 trillion to, what is it, $2.5 trillion, but they're still miles apart from the administration's $1 trillion countercard.
0: That's right, and and there's two fronts in the negotiations. The first is on that top line number, which is obviously hugely important. The May version of the Heroes Act was at three point four or three and a half trillion. then they came down to either two point two or two point four, um, depending on where you looked, and some of that's just because of the way the bill was written. Um, so that top line number has been very important, but also what rides along in there? What is the legislative language? How do they get there? And there were still some gaps there. And um, the Speaker and the Treasury Secretary were also trading language back and forth to try to figure out how to structure some of the provisions of that bill so that it accomplished the goals that, that both sides wanted. Uh, one of the One of the criticisms of the House package all along from Republicans has been that it's kind of a wish list, if you will, or as they say, of what Democrats would like to see. Some of the provisions go even beyond dollar amounts, but policy and and matters such as that. So getting that scope of language was, was as much a sticking point or has been a sticking point as that top line dollar figure
1: And the language they were trading, that this was legislative language, that is to say, they weren't calling each other, you dirty rat, you stinking bum.
0: Exactly. It seemed like the tenor of the conversations had gotten better. And they obviously were spending a lot of time on the phone or even in person last week. But this really is about the nuts and bolts of how do you write the bill to spend the money and and to distribute it and what are the rules and things like that. So um, in a bill that was 2,000 pages or more than 2,000 pages last week, there's obviously a lot of language to go over.
1: And is there any hope for a small bill, but there is one in the Senate and one in the House, that would let federal employees carry over their leave until next year, all of it, and they're not allowed to carry it all over under current rules? Could that actually pass in any time soon to, to be able to get into the uh, the fiscal year?
0: Well, I I think you would look first to this coronavirus package if there is one, uh, because that's going to be the big train moving. And there have been some smaller bills that have peeled off and moved along um, on a number of different subjects. Um, For a while, they were trying to keep all the coronavirus stuff together. um, But if if that could be pulled off and moved separately, if there was enough uh, momentum behind that in both chambers, there could still be some sort of unanimous consent action to get something like that through.
1: We're speaking with Bloomberg Government Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. And does the president's diagnosis have any effect on Congress at all?
0: Well, I think it's a, it's just a reminder of how the disease has gone. And, um, you know, Capitol Hill is an operation where they haven't been doing widespread testing. Um, members have come down with it. Even on Friday, Senator Mike Lee reported that he had come down with the virus. So um, members who have gone back and forth with the administration or met with administration officials in the last um, period of time might might be taking a look and wondering what they should do and if they should quarantine. So um, Congress is, you know, a much more open body in terms of people flowing in and out and members flying back and forth from their homes into town for the district or for into town for business. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see um, how that pans out.
1: And what is the schedule going to look like in the Senate on the Supreme Court nomination, Amy Barrett?
0: Well, Mitch McConnell said Friday that he had spoken with the president and it was, you know, full steam ahead on that. Um, the first thing we'll probably see is the week of the 12th, some hearings in the Judiciary Committee. From there, the committee would find a time to schedule a vote, presumably along party lines, report her out to the floor. And then if they could get it done before the election, they try to hold a vote then. Um, there's still a chance that the vote could slip till after the election in the lame duck session, which is already looking pretty busy given all the other work they have to do. Um, but the Republicans do seem to be moving forward with this in the Senate, um, whether they do it before the election or after the election. They seem committed to getting this done this year um, on this nominee.
1: And there are other judges that the Senate is going to deal with anyway, correct?
0: That's right. I think there's five set up this week, including the vote um, tonight on the first of them, just processing those. You know, that's part of the, the long list of judicial vacancies that they've chipped away at. Um over the last couple of years, reshaping the federal bench, really, with uh, more conservative nominees that the Trump administration has picked and that the Senate has confirmed.
1: And of course, as I mentioned in the opening, there is the continuing resolution, which only goes to December 11th. So that's after the election and yet before the seating of the new Congress. So the budget could be really up in the air after that, couldn't it?
0: It could be. Um, as we've spoken about over the last several months, the House passed 10 of its 12 bills. The Senate didn't release any. Um, so, you know, there's there's not even really the public groundwork, at least to be laid on some sort of compromise. Also hanging over this is going to be how much money to put in those bills or the the package, if it were, for the coronavirus, if there's additional needs by then. And if there's some sort of you know, lingering election dispute going into November, that could also make those negotiations a little more difficult. But uh, remember, two years ago, the the government was funded past the election, past the midterms, we got to December, and that's when a 35 day shutdown began. So, um, you know, that's a worst case scenario, a shutdown, but, um, but the period between now and then is long, there's eight weeks, a lot of work to do in there. And we'll have to see where the dynamics are.
1: Lauren Duggan is editorial director of Bloomberg Government. As always, thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.
0: Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.